Welcome to Keep Making, a podcast about people creating their way through life. From artists to business owners to stay-at-home parents, we believe everyone is creative, and we're on a mission to share. to another episode of the Keep Making Podcast. Today on the podcast, we've got Chris Cunningham of Cunningham Woodworks. Uh, he drove up from Indiana with his buddy Travis, and we've been hanging out all morning and early afternoon. I don't even know what time it is right now. Making some stuff. No we are making this, <laughs> which is pretty incredible. For those of you that are watching, for those of you that That's are what listening. I was like, who are we looking at? Well, there's a camera right there. But the ones that are just <laughs> listening, it's a... Completely clear resin mallet head, um, but uh, maybe tell me first about what got you into mallets, uh, and we'll start the conversation there. And then, because like I want people to know your craftsmanship, and we'll start with that, and then I'll ask you a bunch of different questions. Sure. Um, you want to know about how I got started into these first, and we'll kind of work into yeah, like well, how I screwed up so many that I had to become more of a craftsman about it. Yes, that's perfect. <laughs> that works for me. Um, so I. Got, I think I got a mallet as a gift from my wife one Christmas, uh, and it was one of those cheap ones that are probably on Amazon, and it's got a head that kind of disconnects from the handle. It's kind of like a tapered, and it worked fine. Um, and then one day I was like, why don't I make one out of a nicer wood? And I made it the exact same dimensions, everything. The handle slid in and out the same way, so you know if you swing it, it actually would get tighter towards the end. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a cool design, and um, I ended up just for fun... I don't have any idea where I saw it, but I saw somebody wedged a, a mallet head to the handle and, uh, you know, just like what I have done here. And it didn't look anything like these, but I made a mallet and I recorded a small video of it and mm-hmm. I put it on my Instagram, just mostly for my probably 100 friends at the time mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. see. And uh, one day I got a direct message on Instagram. Some guy goes, Hey, I just bought your mallet. I was like, what the heck is this guy talking about? I had forgot that I put it on Etsy. Oh. And I had, I mean, it had been on there for two months, and all of a sudden somebody bought it. I was like, oh, well, that's really cool. I get to buy more tools or, you know, right. more wood or something. And so I immediately was like, well, I can sell one. I could sell a few. Right. So I went out, and I think I came up with more of this design. Um, probably not exactly, you know, maybe thinner, mm-hmm. you know, a little mm-hmm. different. Um, but uh, I, I made four of them, and they sold really quick. And then I made You're ten like, more, Wait a minute, and I'm onto something. Yeah, man. and it was like you know you take like ten dollars worth of wood and you sell an eighty dollar mallet, and it's yeah I'm probably putting in a little bit of effort, you know I wasn't really counting my labor, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's a hobby that was making a little, little bit of money, and and it made it to where I could buy more tools and more stuff, and then of course the you know other effect was my Instagram started growing from it. Mm-hmm. People were really going crazy about the looks of them because I was using some exotic woods. This one's pretty tame, um, ash and white oak, but mm-hmm. I've used all kinds of exotic woods and everything. And people really got into them. There's a few of the other guys making mallets uh, mm-hmm. on Instagram and mm-hmm. we all talk and, you know, would, you know, kind of trade ideas and stuff. And it, awesome. it kind of became that. And then um, instead of just making mallets as quick as I could, um, I was trying to get the process down you know, cleaner and cleaner and more perfect. And, and I got it down to where without wedging, every one of my handles would, you know, stick in absolutely perfect. I got my milling right and got my dimensions right. And I made sure every one of them, if I took a picture of 20 in a row, it would just look like the a perfect image, you know? That's so awesome. it, it was just, 
you know, my way of kind of going down that rabbit hole and then just getting better and better and better. Mm -hmm. Even though it was something as simple as a mallet, it still was just something I was enjoying and people mm -hmm. were, you know, were still buying <laughs> until right. recently. So uh, eventually they, they kind of died off and now it's become just, uh, you know, something I do every once in a while. Right. So you've been in, you've been a, a woodworker, a craftsman for 15 years? Yeah, 14, 15 14, years. 15 years. Um, and you, but like your Instagram journey and like the mallet things, what, it's only like two years yeah, ago? Yeah, I think uh, I've been on Instagram for two and a half years and the mallet thing probably started about two years ago Okay. this month or so. So I think people forget that you had 13 years, or about 12 years of experience in the woodworking space before you made something that people saw and were like, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, they might be like, this dude is just a newcomer to Instagram and it just like starts blowing up all over. But like, the, the, I'm curious your relationship between like, you know, you've worked in this space for a very long time and then this, what some would see is like a really quick rise yeah. on Instagram, but maybe demystify that a little bit because it's not like you just entered the scene or like, oh, I've never made anything ever in my entire life. And then all of a sudden, here we go. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a little bit behind that as far as, you know, going into social media with some skill. Um, but really, I don't think I went into it with as much skill as what like, you know, really 10 to 15 years of experience shows. I still went in showing the process, showing my mistakes mm -hmm. and, you know, showing that I'm a real person. I, I just go out in my garage and I tinker around. And so I was just being my real self, you know, mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, not everything was totally fabricated and like the best right. of the best, you know, uh, not all beauty shots. Um, but I think that made me more relatable to people that were new to Instagram and also new woodworkers. You know, there was a lot of guys that, you know, I met on Instagram and they were like, Oh, I've only been working woodworking for a couple months. Oh, wow. And you know, they were like, Oh, I'm just going to, you know, kind of work right with you and I'm going to learn from you. And I'm like, I'm learning right with you. <laughs> so, you know, and, and, you know, no matter how good you get at, you know, one aspect of woodworking or creating or making, as soon as you step into something new, you go into it as a, you know, a, as a total learning process. Right. I see you know, that. so you don't go into it with your head up thinking, you know, I'm going to conquer this or I have conquered anything. You go into it, you know, as, you know, a student, you know. I think that's definitely the right approach. I think even most recently, even our conversations on Instagram and yeah, yeah having you come up here. I mean, you just recently started doing the whole mold making stuff as <laughs> yeah. well. So, and like I, I even from a literally, distance, I was like, hey, we you know you don't have to. You could. I know you're okay with the process of learning, but if you want help, you're like, no, I don't want help. I want to learn through my failures. <laughs> I'm like, okay, all right, cool, that's yeah. fine. But yeah. Because you're trying that, to cast some Legos. And, yeah, and I... The and first I, one was just like flat and like, you know, like separated. Yeah, it oozed out a little bit. And then yeah. the next one looked a little better, but not great. And I think I might have been a little um, ambitious about making something so tiny with so many little details. <laughs> right. But I mean, I'm, I'm never afraid of failing. I'm never afraid of trying something. Because eventually, if you get it right, it's going to feel really good. You know, if you fail at something 10 times in a row and you do get that final win, it feels so much better than if you would have just, oh... It went perfect the very first time. You know, that'd been all right, but mm -hmm. I've been like, oh, I just followed the rules and I went by the book and, you know, it, it's, right. it's it seems not, a lot it's more not satisfying. It's like building Legos where you do have a rule book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's like the Legos of the 80s, not the Legos of the 2020s. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Those are the better Legos anyways. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I was born in 86, so I like, I don't have them. <laughs> um, but, so woodworking for you is obviously... Uh, it, this is this is a side thing. This mm -hmm. isn't like your full time job. This is something that you actually, you, yeah. like you said, you tinker and you play and you work and. Yeah. But like, 
Um, if someone wanted to get into this space, what would be your number one piece of advice? Because I think people might see things online or see things in however they consume content or whatever, yeah. and be like, oh, I want to try that. What would be your first piece of advice for that person getting into it? You know, um, maybe pick a project that you think is obtainable within reason and only get you know, the tools or materials just for that thing. Um, I see a lot of guys go out and they buy, you know, really big, awesome tools and go on and on and on. Mm -hmm. And I've been guilty of it too. You know, I buy tools that I don't use, but maybe once a year. <laughs> um, but you know, you, you see them collect a lot of dust. So if you could keep it pretty minimal and just buy the things you need when you need them, mm -hmm. you know, aside from if you, you know, run into like a black Friday deal, sometimes you want to, you know, pull the trigger right. while it's, you know, the best deal you've ever seen. Um, but for the most part, you know, uh, just pick something you want to make, you know, uh, like the spheres that I started, uh, I just got in and did, I, I mm -hmm. didn't go and buy like the sphere jig. I didn't buy the most expensive resin. I was kind of using the stuff that was in my shop. It didn't go well. Right. Um, but I just got in there and did with the very minimal that I had. And I eventually got there, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. but all that experimentation really makes it to where, you know, you not only know that it's going to fail, but you kind of learn how, you know, why it failed or how bad it's really going to be. Mm -hmm. You learn how hot epoxy can really get. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, very. Yeah. Very, very hot. Yeah. With gloves and everything. Things. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So plastic cups will not survive. Right. So, um, but yeah, um, I would say, you know, uh, just, just. Pick something. Something that small, you, but like something attainable, but like don't go crazy at yeah. woodcraft. Don't go spend yeah. all your money. Yeah. First. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like when I first got into turning, I was convinced, oh, you want to make pens or you want to make bottle stoppers. You want to make all this. Like I just didn't want to make it. I actually wanted to turn bowls. And even though that was more ambitious, that's what I wanted to make. Right. So my enjoyment was going to be in the completion of a bowl, even though it was more work and a lot more failure and probably a little bit more money. It made mm -hmm. it to where yeah. I could get in and have satisfaction. Turning a pen to me is okay. And a lot of people really enjoy it. They enjoy that process of making multiples and assembling mm -hmm. them all and mm -hmm. you can sell them. And I know people can make, you know, a decent side living out mm -hmm. of it. I just never enjoyed that structure. Right. I, I didn't want to look at instructions and turn to this and turn to this, you know, feral or whatever they're called, the bushings. Um, I didn't want to really do that. I wanted to take a big chunk of something and turn it and see what it became. Got I know it. that kind of seems right. like the typical turning answer is let the wood become what it wants to be. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's it, it was just truly how I felt. I wanted right. to, you know, just turn something big and turn it into a bowl, turn it into a vase or, you know, whatever. And, and But that's what I really wanted to do. That makes sense. So, you know, I picked something, I did it, and I completed that. And, of course, that's kind of what I do. I, I pick something, and I kind of go full on into it. And then once I master it, I move on to the next next thing. That does check out because I, I have been following you for a little while now. And, mm -hmm. like, you, whatever your thing that you're on, you're definitely on. Yeah, yeah. Like the Lego thing, I was like, he's been on this Lego thing for, like, almost two weeks straight. Just like, I'm going to get this. And it's not over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I feel like after today, messing with all the different materials here that you guys have, which is Pretty amazing. There's a lot more than I thought you had, mm -hmm. which is really cool. It's giving me a lot of ideas, but that Lego's not done. Good. You know, even if I got to go bigger. Right. 
even if well, I got to find a, a way, to you know, yeah, if I could maybe, you know, carve or maybe even 3D print and duplicate or something, um, there's, there's a lot of cool things that you can do with that. But I really enjoy, you know, the, it, it's, I don't know, it's almost artistic, the, the look and everything of Legos. They're so classic, but there's something. They're so awesome. Yeah. There's something about them that I just like them visually. I, I don't know really how to explain it, but, you know, they can quickly become a piece of art to me, you know, uh, you know, even if somebody painted a picture of it or if they turned it. Or, you know, I saw a guy recently just sent me a uh, picture from his Instagram and he had an entire Lego figure hand carved and turned out of wood and he made a lamp out of it. That's pretty I'm like, cool. that is so cool, you know? Yeah, and really it's like, cool. I wish that I would have set aside the time. I wish I would have thought of it, right, you know? Right. But that doesn't matter either. You know, if, if I've done something and people copy it, I, I hopefully, hopefully you do better than I did. Right. <laughs> hopefully right. it takes you less time or hopefully I can help you. Um, but just like that, you know, even though I didn't come up with the idea, I, I'll, I'll do that someday. I'll right. end up making me, you know, or one of my kids. <laughs> so I have an excuse. So I don't look so nerdy. Uh, I'll, I'll end up I'll making the Lego. Nerdum. It's a good nerd. Yeah. The whole room's mine anyway. Right. I own all the stuff. <laughs> You're just the kid that's, that's rent free. Yeah. So <laughs> it's all mine. Oh, so, that's so funny. Yeah. Uh, speaking of kids, you got a couple kids. Yeah. Um, uh, a lot of the guys that are doing the wood turning stuff and people that are making molds and doing all the castings and people that use our products. So, uh, the, part of the point of this podcast is to help people um, inspire them, hopefully, to yeah. create their way through life. Uh, and a lot of that comes down to like the roles you play in your life and mm -hmm. your father. So for you, um, when it, when you go out in the shop, what do you want your uh, girls? Mm -hmm. Yep, to, two girls. Two girls to... To know about you, because I know one of them's a little too young to understand <laughs> yeah, right now. Yeah, she's not quite she's, there you yet. Know, she's just smiling and you're catching photos of her sneezing, which are <laughs> super adorable. Yeah. But um, what what do you want them to know about when you're going out there? Like because that it's communicating something. Yeah. What would, in your mind? What do you want that to be? You know, uh, right now there are some times that it's it's used as you know my meditative space where I go out, I create and everything. And it creates a, a little bit of a separation, um, which isn't totally on purpose for the kids. But, you know, mm -hmm. there is a time where I want to just focus. But there's a lot of times that my older girl, she'll be four next month, mm -hmm. that she wants to come out and she's always like, what are we going to build next? And she's always wanting to create mm -hmm. something or work with me. And she just wants to be out there with me. Right. And I'm hoping that eventually she knows that that's going to be a nice, safe, happy space where we create and we have fun, not a dangerous space, not a, this is dad space, not a kid space, mm -hmm. get out of here. It's never going to be like that. That's awesome. And, and, and that's truly what I'm hoping for is that she is inspired to come out there and hang out and, you know, create memories and have good quality time with both of them eventually. Um, awesome. But so far the older one, uh, she already has a bench that I made for her over Christmas. <laughs> yeah. um, she has her own leather apron, and I've made her a couple tools. That's so cool. Uh, yeah, so she is. She's already at least interested. So, so is, you know, is it's, the it's, wife it's, like, "Yes, go take her out to the shop. This oh, is great." Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> she's like, "If if you can get her, you know, a half hour, get her out of my hair for a little bit. She's <laughs> she's all right with that. You know, get the baby to sleep and get the toddler out in the garage. You know, try not yeah. to get hurt. <laughs> get right, the dust right. down. Please don't hurt her. Yeah. Yeah." yeah. So. so for um, uh, one, thanks for sharing with that. That's cool. Yeah. For how did you have a, a family member like a dad or a grandpa or a grandma or a mom or a create someone that was a maker in your childhood yeah. that yeah. was like kind of inspired you? Because uh, I, I, my, my dad is creative in much different ways, um, but I, I, this whole world is still very new to me. I yeah. mean, like 
Jordan, the maker that you've been working with all yeah. day, he, you know, his grandpa definitely had a wood shop, definitely built stuff, that kind yeah. of thing. But like, I, my grandpa was not like not that way. He like yeah. liked tools, yeah, but it wasn't like a craftsman necessarily. Yeah. You know, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I uh, I had a uh, I think it's you know in my genes, but I had a a grand, great grandpa who he carved rifle stocks and he did inlay work and everything. And I saw some of his work when I was a kid, mm-hmm. uh, but I never met him. But then my uh, grandpa. Uh, on my mom's side, he was a woodworker mm-hmm. of sorts. He's more of a carpenter. Okay. He did a lot of cabinet stuff. He worked at a cabinet shop for a while when he was younger, and then we worked on his house together. We laid floors and you know did trim work and stuff. And and he was really good at matching paints and stains. And like he would really that was kind of his you know I don't know the rabbit hole he wanted to go down mm-hmm. is he would work all night to get a stain to look perfect. And then when I'd show up the next day, he's like, I got it mixed just right for you. That's so cool. And that was kind of his thing. He really found enjoyment in getting colors right. And that was, you know, and and he created some other stuff. He did like shelves and chairs and stuff and nothing, nothing too high end, not fine Mm -hmm. woodworking, but definitely uh, a carpenter. Um, And then uh, my dad, he did a little bit of woodwork and he always had, you know, you know, different crafts and stuff that he did. My mom did as well. My mom, she knits and crochets. Uh, And then it was maybe, I don't know, maybe eight years ago, uh, my dad bought a pottery wheel for their garage. Okay. And so they found a new hobby. And about the time he retired, they're opening up an Etsy account and everything else. Really? Yeah. So he and his... So definitely in your blood. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The the whole creative side and everything. And and my mom keeps bugging me about coming over and she wants to turn something on the lathe so yeah so we're gonna make time for that real soon that's so so cool yeah she's wanting me to turn knitting needles so i'm I'm, (gasps) those seem like a real i've seen some of those before i've seen some but when you really get it down to it they seem like they'd be real difficult Yeah, especially the really hook part. T- yeah, yeah, little I'm tiny like, pieces of the end like supposed to get in there properly yeah yeah i I guess you got to carve it you got to get get it uh get out the hand tools oh yeah yeah that makes sense yeah yeah it sounds like a, a Sounds like a pain. Cool. So, all right. With that stuff in mind, when it sure. comes to like tools and like get in there and carving it, top five favorite tools. So a lot we get questions sometimes like, hey, I want to hear specifics about these guys' process. Like, what are some of the tools they like to use, or um, what's their shop like, and like all those kinds of details. So, like for you, what's your top favorite tools that you kind of always return to, or like? And by the way, like this is not us asking for a plug. I'm not, like, <laughs> no, you're fine. Gen- like I'm not fishing here. I genuinely care. So it could be anything. You can- I'll I'll leave out some of the brands. Um, yeah. Well, the one I would say my favorite tool is my lathe. Okay. Um, when I first bought it, I did not do anything with my table saw or my bandsaw or anything for almost a year. I did nothing but that's turn. All, I mean, the fun. bandsaw, I rough stuff out. That was right. about it. And I did nothing but turn. And then in the past year, I've kind of returned to that. It's mm. so addicting. And and even though it's a small lathe, I eventually want a bigger one. But that, that little lathe is what a workhorse. A little 12-inch Rikon nice. MIDI lathe. Nice. Um, it's a really solid lathe, but it's just not physically big. Right. Um, but yeah, it's it's been awesome. It's one of the best purchases I've made for my shop. Cool. Um, so I'd say, I'd say lathe is by far my favorite. Um, then... Table saw, bandsaw, those are the workhorses of the shop. Um, you know, when I'm doing, you know, mallets, 99% of the entire process is on the table saw. And, and I mean, it, it. there's so much you can do with it as far as, you know, doing tenons and, mm-hmm. you know, sizing things up. You can do raised panels. You can put 
at, you know, beveled edges on your cutting boards, everything else. It just seems like it's, you know, just does just about everything. That's awesome. Um, and then the, the bandsaw, it's great because, you know, you can rough down lumber without the fear of it catching if it's not like a perfectly jointed edge or right. if it's, you know, not dried properly and it's going to pinch or something. I'd a lot rather it happen on the bandsaw than on the table saw where it can be really dangerous. Um, and then my, I mean, my joiner and planer. Uh, <laughs> that's, I mean, those are what create, I mean, there's, there's something to be said about a board that is so perfectly flat and then so straight and everything. It just makes the whole process past that just go so much smoother. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're clamping up, you know, for a, a panel, like a, the top of an end table or something, mm -hmm. if everything's just going, I mean, you don't have to crank down those handles. You're not worried about aligning all the boards and everything. Everything just goes smoother. Mm -hmm. So the, the, better your process of milling, everything else gets easier from there. So that's, so cool. that's probably a pretty typical, you know, at least those four, that's probably pretty typical for a shop. Unless you start getting like domino joiners and, you know. The, I don't even know what a domino joiner oh. is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that. That's all right. Not, that's where I'm like, Jordan, I'll be like, hey, dude, what was a domino joiner? <laughs> um, but no, that's where someone is definitely going to be in the comments like, why are you asking? And then, yeah. but, no, but like, the, the reality <laughs> is like, right. I'm trying to ask for the people that are actually listening because like, you didn't always have these tools, and it's yeah. not like you just like went out and bought all of them. Yeah, like, it wasn't you, one you, kit. Like blackout drunk, you know, just like put on the credit card, it's fine. You know, like <laughs> I'm just kidding, that didn't happen. Uh, no, but like uh, it, you, you, you built up over time to to the level that you're at, and I, yeah. I guess that's what we want to encourage people to do is like you don't have to have all the proper tools. Yeah, if you want to start, you just gotta start. Yeah, and that's the most important part. Oh yeah, I mean, I seriously doubt that anybody that's in woodworking started out with a three horsepower cabinet saw. They no. started out with a job site saw, just like I did, and they just pushed it until the thing was just just couldn't handle anymore. And then you finally upgrade reluctantly, right? And then you're usually pretty happy after that because you got to you know you, you got to pay to play. Expensive yeah. piece of equipment, yeah. yeah. Uh, and but every tool of mine, you know, started out as the smaller, you know, kind of the construction grade version of it, mm -hmm. uh, and then you just slowly upgrade over time. So you know, I know plenty of guys that have very well outfitted shops, you know better so than mine and people are always saying you know oh if i had this many tools i could build that too well you know i started a long time ago right and i didn't just I, i'm not sponsored by these people right. i didn't get anything for free i paid for it out of my own pocket i worked right. hard and and slowly right. upgraded so right. you know anybody getting into it if you can only afford a couple hundred bucks for a uh, uh a table saw then then that's fine it'll work yeah. and it might have some things that tick you off but those are the things you watch out for when you buy the next one you know Mm -hmm. So, I think that's actually a really helpful uh, piece of advice. So, uh, top f favorite project you've ever worked on? So, like, say, like in the shop, or maybe that changes, like you said, like monthly or whatever. Whenever yeah. the new exciting thing kind of enters the phase. But we talked a little bit about the the mallets, and not, clearly that was a really exciting time for you. But yeah. like, maybe in the last couple of months for you, what is maybe your top one, and then the one that's just like, oh my gosh, this thing is just <laughs> killing me. I can't complete it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So top of the mountain and then, you know, the one that plummets you into the valley. Well, right now, one of the top ones I've done in a while is right here. I have well, not been so excited about <laughs> seeing a completed project because you guys did it's a lot of this cool. before I got here. So, you know, we all got to see it go together yeah. live. And that was just so satisfying to satisfying. see how well it fits and everything. But um, I'd say aside from that, um, some of the spheres that I've made from resin, 
that they end up just so glass clear. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You work so hard to turn them, to get them that perfect round, and then sanding and polishing. There's so much. And then you finally get there, and it worked. Mm-hmm. All that effort worked. And that's, I mean, so far, that's some of the most satisfying stuff that I've made is, you know, the resident wood projects, just because it does take a lot of work to get there. So yeah, when you finally... a lot of process. Yeah, when you finally get there and you finally get it right, because uh-huh. there are a few that you didn't didn't go as well. When right. you finally get it right, it's extremely satisfying. Is that like the uh, Boba Fett one? Is that like... Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, I, that's yeah. one of the ones that I was really pumped to see. And then yeah, you've done, done a couple uh, of different... Boba Lego and ones. Mando, and uh, I even got a Mickey Mouse one coming up. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Careful, Disney's coming for you. Yeah, well, <laughs> these are the licensed uh, uh, products from Lego, so we're not we're not Go making away, our Disney, own. Go away, Disney, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everything's above board. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, funny enough, the Mickey one is uh, going to be for free, so I'm not even making money on it. Oh, there you it. go. So there you go. Yeah. yeah. You, you can't sue zero. Right, right? that's very true. <laughs> I think people have tried. Uh, uh, th- another thing that you showed, showed us, you have this cl- baby-sized all-resin mm-hmm. ma- mallet, much yeah. like these. Yeah, that's uh, a perfect-to-scale version of these. Okay. That uh, Actually, I have a good friend that he makes baby rattles uh, on Instagram, and uh, Shelby Hahn, in case anybody wants to look at Shout out. Uh, yeah, I think it's like uh, Shelby 500 turns. Okay. I don't know. On Instagram? Yeah, we might have to, like, do you guys put links? Yeah, we can put it in. We'll put the link down. Yeah, we'll put They will. Link. I won't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if we remember, we yeah. absolutely will put the link in the description. Um, but he makes uh, uh, baby rattles, and then he donates all of the uh, earnings from that to different uh, foundations oh, for cool. foster care kids, that's which is really cool. cool. So um, I've helped promote a few things for him, just, you know, because he's a good friend of mine. And mm-hmm. then uh, I had this really cool idea to take one of my mallets and make it miniature and put BBs in it, and I made a little baby rattle. And that's pretty fun. I had all these parts, and I ended up shipping it to him, all the parts, and he's made a few more with it. And that's so cool. That one was actually a duplicate of my daughter's uh, miniature mallet. Thanks. Oh, yeah, I could put it in the actual. Yeah, this is what I was talking about for those yeah. who are curious. And so, uh, actually watching. She makes, uh, or she has a uh, walnut mallet that's this exact one. This so, it actually isn't a rattle. I just made it for her so she can use it in the wood shop. That's so fun. Uh, and so, uh, I made a. You know, duplicate of hers, and she's already claimed this, so I have to take oh, this back good. with me. <laughs> good. It's, I mean, it's a very cool blue. Yeah. I think uh, Eric, our editor, is a little disappointed because it's very cool. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> I think the daughter definitely wins that Yeah, one. she she wins over most people. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> so oh, gosh, there was another question. So you're, it was a, the, I, I gave you the high, and then yeah, I I'm going to give you the worst. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's been a couple projects in the past that have just been less than inspiring. And it's usually client <laughs> builds where they want something that really doesn't fit within you know, my creative ideas. Or I throw out ideas and they're like, why would you do that? I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm the creative one here. Right. <laughs> you know? I'm the well, one that's actually doing I don't want to be mean, but you know, like, this is my hobby. This is, I'm not doing this for a living. I want to build things that I want to build. And sometimes I kind of get you know, mm-hmm. sucked into mm-hmm. doing things that are probably good woodworking projects, but they just aren't inspiring to me. So, and that's why a lot of times if I don't do client work and I'm building like a coffee table or a dining table or an end table or something, it's usually right out of my head. So if it's ugly, just totally blame me. That's funny. (laughs) But yeah, I'd say just in general, there's been a couple projects that just been less than inspiring, but I can't really think one specifically without, you know, digging in too deep. Right, <laughs> getting into a dark space. <laughs> I don't want you to go there. Don't go dark. No, no, I want you to stay up and light and, and uh, positive. Sounds good. Um, the <laughs> oh, 
the woodworking community is a very interesting community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I interact mostly uh, online with that community because the products we sell and the support that we want to give that community. It's also so welcoming. Yeah. Everybody like uh, is so encouraging, but also willing to share ideas. Yeah. And it's very clear the ones that aren't willing to share ideas because they don't really last that long. Yeah. And they might like show up, they might have some skill, they might be really co- like make, make some great stuff. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like they last all that long because this whole world kind of thrives on the sharing of the information of like, yeah. oh, I've never seen a turn like that. I've never seen a, an edge look like that. Yeah. Well, how did you even do that? that? That's actually something when I first got on Instagram that I would see something and I would always message them, say, hey, would you care if I you know, tried that myself, try to make another version of it? And I never had anybody say no. Everybody is so welcome. And then they you know, helped me learn how to make it, mm-hmm. you know, learn mm-hmm. how to make the clamping piece that you know, held something in a weird you know, form or something. Right. Um, and everybody's always been so helpful. And, but yeah, there's definitely a difference between the people that just post really nice stuff and they're not really part of the community. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Some people are like mm-hmm. Travis, the you know, guy I brought up here with me, he's a business owner. He has to run a business. He doesn't have time to be answering messages and doing all this stuff. So, you know, it, his is more promoting a business and mm-hmm. mine is a hobby. And, you know, the Instagram and the talking to people is part of that hobby, mm-hmm. you know, and the creating mm-hmm. the video is part of that hobby. So, right. you know, it, that's where, you know, you, you can't really blame somebody for not being as involved. You know, I guess some people probably have another excuse. They just don't want to. Right. right. <laughs> but I think if don't you, actually like talking I really to think that yeah. if you're a woodworker and you're creating cool stuff and you're on Instagram, you're on there because, you know, it feels good to have other people comment or, you know, compliment or mm-hmm. maybe throw out suggestions or maybe you run into something weird that you can't figure out. Right. And everybody's been there. Right. Everybody's had that same situation where they didn't know how to do a thing and they wish that they had a thousand people that they could throw it out there. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. If even one of them answers back, that would have been a win. And now you have that. Yeah. So. So uh, if you... What is the advice you'd give someone that is new that's entering the space if they were going to message you? What should they lead with instead? Because uh, here's the thing: so a lot of people lead with just asking for something, that, or like it might, that might require a lot of time from someone. Yeah, and they may not might not know that. Um, is there any better way if say if someone was like say scared to ask you a question? Now, yeah. I'm not saying someone is. I, I'm not saying that that's something that happens regularly, but someone might be. be yeah. Like, Oh, he's I got think, this many followers. I can't ask him a question. He's too busy, or yeah. he's not real, or <laughs> he's got to be making so much money off his Instagram. Which immediately you'd be like, "That's hilarious." Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I'm not, <laughs> that's not, not making real. very much at all. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, a lot of people. I think they have messaged me and they say, "Hey, I know you're really busy," or "Hey, I'm not sure if you'll answer back to this." And I always answer back. The only ones I don't answer back is if you send me a blurry photo or you just are. Just say hi. Yeah. And then you're like, uh, if you want hello? to, yeah, yeah. What do I say to that? Like, what do you want? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I have people ask me all the time, like, would you mind if you shared your mallet dimensions? Absolutely. I don't. I'm not hiding anything. Actually, if you dig on my YouTube channel, you there's can... an old video that has every single dimension on it. So I'm not, right. I can't hide anything. It's right. out there. I, and I put everything out in videos and pictures. It's pretty obvious that I'm not trying to hide anything. Yeah, if you dug hard enough and I didn't tell you, you could figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, anybody that wanted to message me and ask me a specific about any issues I've had with resin or you know what resin I would use in a certain situation, I would answer them honestly. And if I couldn't answer, then I'd probably steer them to you guys or whoever they need to for that Mm -hmm. situation. So, um, but I've never been that type of person that just flat ignored unless it you know unless it's weird. 
but there are. <laughs> Which the I think that ones. should be. I mean, there's always. The I mean, it should ones. be understood that right. if you send me a blurry photo, I'm just not going to open it. That's good. I think that's a wise thing for yeah. your phone and for your mind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Uh, what, I'm going to set you up for this now, just so you know. I, I, every podcast that I do, it doesn't actually matter which podcast I've ever done. I, I give the person that I'm asking all of the questions an opportunity to ask me a question. Sure. Because I think it's only fair. Yeah. Because yeah, like, I'm sitting here just like, hey, I tell am. me everything that's going on inside your brain, and then I'm just going to sit here. I am not prepared for this. So, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> you get time to think about that. Okay. Um, so, you, you can ask me anything. Uh, and then, it, it, question about Loomlight, question about my work, whatever. Uh, you know, our process of how we make stuff doesn't matter. So everything's on the table there. But I'm super curious, um, the people that are currently inspiring you to continue doing the work that you're doing. Because I think, like I talked about the community earlier, I think it's important to kind of acknowledge the people that kind of help you grow, but also maybe inspire you to like keep making the things that you're making. Yeah. So maybe yeah, this is feel free to like give as many shout outs or whatever, <laughs> whoever. Yeah. But like, I, I think it's important to like, recognize the people that help you get to where you are yeah yeah absolutely i think i said that um, right yeah yeah i okay. got you <laughs> um yeah i mean i have a lot of you know what i would consider close friends on instagram uh there's a lot of people that i'll message every once in a while and there's a lot of people that follow me and i'll comment back and forth but then there's you know i'd say you know 20 to 30 people that i would consider close friends that i could literally ask them anything or show them any picture of a project and get honest feedback from and you know if if I draw something out and it just looks weird, I can always ask them for, you know, their advice. And mm -hmm. I have a lot of friends that I'm able to, you know, lean on them and they can lean on me for mm -hmm. the same thing. Um, you know, Paul Jasper from Copper Pig, uh, Copper Pig Design. Okay. Copper Pig Custom Woodworking. I don't, I don't remember. Uh, for Copper, being a close friend, I think you should know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> his name's Paul Jasper. Paul Jasper. Uh, yeah. Do, good thing you and, do know his name. Yeah. I'm going to look I, it up while I, you keep going. Yeah, there you go. Um, you know, he's one of those guys that it, he, he does something similar where he kind of goes down this rabbit hole of a project and, but he doesn't fail very much. Really? He, and he may say he does, but he does some incredible work and he kind of goes down and he will do one item and just knock it out of the park. And he has such good design and such good, you know, just, he has an eye for, you know, the right colors and the right, you know, metal combinations with wood and everything else. Okay. And he's one of those guys that I can lean on him for ideas and inspiration and, and just about anything. And he, he's just one of those super good guys. Uh, and another one would be Eric Curtis, uh, Ian Curtis on Instagram. Uh, he's on YouTube as well. Okay. And that guy, his, he teaches a shop class at, a, I think, a high school. Oh, really? Uh, and he is so creative. He works with hand tools, works with power tools, and... He will make an absolutely beautiful box, and then right after that, he'll make a box that has like spider legs coming out of it, <laughs> and it's just absolutely That's beautiful awesome. stuff. And he just makes what he wants, and he is just so creative. And he doesn't care if he gets a lot of flack for a weird design; he, it's his design. He's going to run it into the ground until right. he feels good about it, right. and then he'll hang it in his home or his office and enjoy it. And he's one of those guys that he, you can look to him and ask him and get an honest opinion out of him. And if you make something weird and he likes it, he'll just tell you. That's so you know? good. Yeah. And, and, and there's a lot of people, but those are the two that probably come to mind mm -hmm. at, you know, the most as you know, the more creative ones that I lean on. Cool. Yeah. And when you say creative, what do you mean? Because I think creative, for everybody has their own interpretation of creativity and what that like translates. Yeah. Um, because one of the things about this podcast, like we believe everybody's creative. Yeah. That how you exercise that creativity varies very much depending on yeah. what you do with your life and 
It doesn't matter if you're a stay-at-home parent or if you're, your full-time job is in a creative field. Like, yeah. it, like the, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, you just having to be creative in those different <laughs> scenarios. <laughs> if you hear any weird bangings, it's because my children are right outside the door and they're just <laughs> hitting the door randomly. <laughs> um, you'll have to remind me what we were just saying. Uh... <laughs> It's quite all right. So totally distracted by my kids hitting on the door. Uh, oh I was talking gosh, about how everyone funny. is creative. So. Ah, there we go. Creativity and, you, and what guys, that means to me. Yeah, but also the two guys that, you know, they're like, oh, these guys are really creative. Yeah. And I was like, well, what does that mean? So yeah. in your mind, like, what about them is, like, really creative for you? I tell you, and, and this is something that me and both those guys have talked about quite a bit, is that, you know, there's, you know, some saying to the effect of every creative thing has already been done. Every new idea has already been done. There's no new ideas. There's no new things. And I think me and those two completely disagree with that. Hmm. That eventually you're going to create the next big thing, the next new thing. Um, I do believe somebody else has done this, but a solid resin head on a mallet, I don't know that I've seen it done. Yeah, I don't. Uh, and this I, is and definitely the first time I will I've have to be honest. I think there is one other guy. But he did it in layers. It was a little bit different. Uh, Andrew okay. Jose, um, he is, I think he's talked to you guys yeah, a little bit as well. Them um, I'll have to find his picture, but I think he's done a version okay. of this. So I can't say it's completely original, but there's all kinds of things you can do with this and make it your own and make it something that's never been done before. Right. And right. I, those two guys <laughs> agree that eventually you're going to create something that came from something that came from something. And sure, it may have derived from, you know, an right, original. But that doesn't mean that it's not new. That is actually new. Absolutely. Because it's not what it was before. Yeah. Yeah. Just because you're not, you know, inventing the wheel doesn't mean you can't reinvent it into something totally different that looks different, works different. And, right. You know, kind of go down that path. Right. Um, so, you know, if you keep on working, you keep on working with different materials and, you know, different processes, and you're eventually going to stray so far off where you originally started that you can't help but go into something that's never been done before. Yeah, that's cool. No, see, that's so creativity. If I were going to wrap it up, is like the constant discovery of something new. Absolutely. For yourself. Yeah. Cool. I think that's a good way of putting you it. You wrapped it up really well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's like I've hosted a podcast before. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, all right, it's your turn now. You get to ask me a question, and then we're gonna we'll wrap this sucker up. Uh, I don't want to keep you from your daughters too long and or your wife because yep. it's snowing and it's Michigan and it's dangerous out yep. there. Yep, ready to get uh, back south. Yeah, <laughs> like, like not that far south. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Indiana. Just south enough to get away from the snow. That's all right. I ask. You don't have the lake effect, so yep. that, there's yep. that. Yep. Um, man. That's and it. if you don't have anything, well, it's also okay. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. I mean, because you know we've talked so much today, I, I feel like I've got a grasp on, you know. Uh, uh, where you guys are going with, you know, helping creators out there. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, you, you guys have guys representing your company. They're going down to workbench con. I think that's great that you guys are going to get down there and, you know, get your boots on the ground with the, yeah, some of the most been. creative people yeah. that I've ever met will be all in one space okay. here in a couple of weeks, which is pretty amazing. Um, so I don't know if I really have a question for you but okay. i just really enjoy that you guys are you know right in here with it with you know the people that are going to be using your products and you guys are willing to do stuff like this invite us out and let's you know waste a bunch of your product on some weird <laughs> stuff and well you know. it's not wasteful it's yeah. not wasteful because yeah. you made something new today well this isn't all we made we did waste some over well, there yeah we got a lot of fun skulls <laughs> and a lot of random random yeah. stuff but no we we i mean i think me, Travis, and anybody else that you guys work with really appreciate what you guys are doing and, oh, and thank you. letting us toy around and, and yeah. play with some really awesome new stuff, you know? Cool. Well, I'm glad that you've enjoyed it. 
Um, I'm glad that you answered uh, my Instagram questions like <laughs> like you said you do. Yeah. I think it was a, back in September. I think is probably when we yeah. first started chatting. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if I called you on Instagram. Uh, I like. I feel like there was. Uh, uh, we messaged a couple times, um, but I think a phone we, call. I think we just had a phone we call. We did have a phone call in the car. Yep. Yeah, because I used to have an hour long commute, and I was like, I'll just call this guy. I yeah. gotta, I got to get to know him a little bit better. Yep. So no, I appreciate it, man. I really do, and uh, thank you for making the trip up here, and thanks for being on the show. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks yeah. for uh, working with us. It's a lot of fun, man. Yeah, this was this was great. Cool. Really appreciate it. All right, man. All right, that's it.